Bev is going to read the, the Bible for us. The reason for that is, I realized I forgot my glasses this morning. And so the sermon's going to actually going to be very short, or the sermon's going to be very, very, no idea. We're going to read from Luke chapter 18, and we'll read from verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally... He said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Do you find that sometimes that when you pray, you feel as if God's really not listening? Sometimes when you pray, you you feel that Sometimes God's really not particularly interested in you. On uh, Thursday past, I was in Loch Lomond. I was doing a wedding for my niece, and the sun was splitting the trees. The midges hadn't come out yet. That's about August time. And so it was still really nice. And uh, I just loved the day. We'd been praying a lot about the the wedding. I prayed that the Lord would, would speak to those who were there. And we came away, or I came away from that wedding thinking, God's good. The weather was lovely. We had the wedding outside. It was an opportunity to see my family again. I hadn't seen my brother for about nine and a half years. Uh, And so it was great to see uh, the family again and have a bit of fun. And the food uh, was really nice. And then I got a phone call this morning about quarter past seven from a friend to say that on Thursday, uh, his wife is in hospital. On Thursday, the, the doctor came and said, I'm afraid it's very bad news. And so I was having a great time in Scotland. My friend had really bad news in the hospital. And you could think, well, isn't it great that God answered my prayer when I was praying that, Lord, let it be good weather, let's have a good time, let's have an opportunity where it's a good family time together. And yet when my friend prayed, Lord, pray that my wife will get better and that she'll get home soon. And, And it doesn't seem as if that's going to happen. And, and sometimes we feel like that when we pray. When, when we're praying, we hear answers to prayer all over the place, how God is doing great things. And we rejoice at that. We, we, we certainly are not sad about that. But sometimes we think, well, why doesn't God answer me the same way? Why does God seem to be really slow at answering my prayers? Everybody else says they pray and it happens right away. Whereas when I pray, it seems to drag on, or it seems as if God's dragging his feet. It's as if he's reluctant. Well, this parable, you've been looking at parables over these last uh, few weeks. This parable answers that question. You know, is God really not interested in me? Why is God so slow 
uh, answering my prayers. I want to show you a photograph. This is not a photograph that I've taken, but I took a photograph almost identical to this. And uh, instead of having a, a, a lighter and a, a matchbox, and what happened was, way back in 1988, I was writing my prayer letter in, in Gamping Pet, and I felt something on my feet, and it was one of these giant centipedes. And I thought, oh my goodness. It was a nuisance of a thing. It's, 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 it's poisonous. If I got stung, it would make me feel very sick. If, if the young children I had, a, uh, David was, was four or something at the time, and Don was maybe one, if they got stung, they would have been very, very sick. And so this had come into the house. Lots of things were coming to our house uh, that weren't invited. And this thing came into the house, or one like it. And it, and it crawled over my foot. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And so after I, I sort of sorted it, I'm not sure what I did. I, 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 then, I then thought, I'm going to take a photograph of that to show my friends at home. Because they will not believe the size of this thing. And they had a great idea. What I'll do is I'll put a matchbox beside it to show you an idea of how big it is. Because when people look at that, they think, oh, that's a wee centipede. And it was a massive thing. Uh, and so the, the, the cigarette lighter there is, is really showing you the size of the centipede. And when I was thinking and praying about it today, I thought, that cigarette lighter is what a parable is. We always struggle with exactly what a parable is. We sometimes make it a far bigger thing than it is. A parable in the Greek, it really means thrown alongside. And so that, that cigarette lighter tells you something about the centipede. It doesn't tell you how quiet it is. I did not hear the centipede come in through the front door. I, I didn't hear it walk along the, the, the tiled floor. And it wasn't until I felt it on my foot that I knew it was there. So that cigarette lighter doesn't tell you anything about how noisy it is. It wasn't singing when it came along, but even if it was singing, you would have no idea because the cigarette lighter doesn't tell you uh, how noisy it is. The cigarette lighter also does not tell you how poisonous it is. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing and, and, and it's really quite poisonous but the cigarette lighter in that photograph doesn't tell you that you have no idea whether that's big and ugly you know it's big and ugly but whether, whether it's dangerous or not you have no idea from that picture that photograph whether it is what the cigarette, a cigarette lighter shows is the size of it it shows you that isn't a tiny wee thing it shows you it's really big and by putting this cigarette lighter beside it, then you have an idea of how big it is. That's what a parable does. A parable doesn't tell you everything about God. A parable doesn't tell you everything about yourself. The parable doesn't tell you everything about the world. It tells you one thing about God or one thing about yourself or one thing about the world. It's designed to illustrate something about God or us or the world. It's, it's not designed that if you have the parable, you know everything about God or, or you know everything about the Bible. But parable is highlighting some aspect in this particular parable, some aspect of God's character. God's character that you wouldn't know unless the parable highlighted it for you. So that cigarette letter is, is highlighting the size of the centipede. This isn't small, but it's not the size of a house either. It's, it's around... 10 to 12 inches long. That, that's how big it is. And the cigarette lighter shows that really clearly. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're not looking at, at all, everything about God and everything about us in our prayer life. But there's one aspect that we're going to look at. And it's, why does God delay whenever we pray? 
That's what this parable is all about. It's about this lady who uh, has a problem, and it's a genuine problem. It's a problem that, that the law is on her side. And therefore, because she knows the law on her side, she goes along to the judge. Uh, you go along to one, one of these judges, and, and they would sort it out for you. That he'd be able to say, okay, this is what the law says, and therefore this is what you should have. So she knew that the law was on her side, and she went along to the local judge. The problem with this judge was that he wasn't really fast in justice. He was in it for the money. He, he liked money, he liked prestige, uh, and he wasn't really that fussed about justice. It's not that he was uh, cheating or anything like that, but he, he wasn't that interested in, in helping people out. If it meant that he got money for doing it, he would do it. If he wasn't getting money for it, he wouldn't be bothered. And so this woman comes along to this judge and says, would you sort this problem out? That was his job. That, that's what he was supposed to do. But he ignored her. He wasn't interested in her because she was a poor widow. And he wouldn't get anything from this. So he ignored her. And she went back and he ignored her. And she went back and he ignored her. Now, I imagine she must have been back many, many times. Because this guy was what you call an unjust judge, he was somebody who did it for money. He was good at ignoring people. He was good at, 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 at dismissing people. Do you know how you know some people that when you see them walking along the road, they'll say hello to you, and other people walk along the road and don't even see you? Well, this judge was really good at that. And so people like this wee lady would have come to him often, and so he was good at dismissing. And so it tells us eventually he helps her. And the reason he helps her is because he might have been good at dismissing, but she was better at being persistent. She went and she went and she went and she went. To eventually he was so fed up that he gave her what she wanted, justice. And then Jesus goes on to say, how much more your father in heaven? And yet very often as Christians, now we, we know that sometimes non-Christians could do this, non-Christians think, God never answers my prayers. Where's God when you need him? Uh, why is there so much injustice in the world? And, and they complain about lots of things. And, but as Christians, we often do that too. We often think, why doesn't God answer our prayers? Why doesn't we hear from him? Why doesn't he, he help me when I need him? Why doesn't he give me the help that I want him to give me? And very often, unless you're very different from me, but I'm certainly to this, very often I see God a wee bit like that unjust judge. And therefore the way you get God to hear you is to nag him. Just keep going over the same prayer. And so every morning and every night and any time, just keep asking for the same thing. And eventually God will hear you and he'll answer you. That's what I do at times. And, and, and that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I don't pray about other things. I tend to stay in the one topic when it's really important to me. I just pray it all the time. It's a wee bit like, remember whenever you used to take your children out in a drive if you have children or maybe when you were a child? Am I there then? Are we there yet, Dad? Are we there yet? My dad was so bad-tempered, we never did that, to be honest. And uh, I just thought, I wish I was bad-tempered with my children, and, because they did it all the time. And, uh, but that's what we're like with God. You know, we, 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 we know he's a loving father in our heads, but sometimes we don't know it in our hearts. And therefore, we tend to nag about the same thing over and over and over. 
Because although we, we see this parable about the little cigarette lighter, that it, that it shows God's goodness and God's love, we're really not quite sure. It's easier for us to see him as the, as the judge rather than the father. So then the question we have to ask is, because all of us are thinking, well, that's all right for you to say that, Danny. That's fine you're saying that, but God is delaying. God is delaying. When I pray, if God answered, I wouldn't have to pray again. So, so the reason I keep praying is because God's not answering. God, I, don't, I don't hear him. I don't see him. I don't see any evidence of it. So for you, it's okay for you, Danny, to say stop nagging. But the thing is, if God's not answering, what do I do? Well, I thought just for a wee minute or two this morning, looking at this parable, I want to, to answer it negatively and then positively. So when God delays, it's not because God is indifferent. We sometimes think that God is more interested in others than ourselves. I, I suppose it's because we know who we are. Uh, people maybe see us on Sundays and thinking, boy, isn't Danny looking really well? People are saying that I've got a good tan. That's rust. In fact, uh, whenever a Glaswegian with a tan just doesn't work, as Glaswegians tend to get rust. And, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, you look at Daphne. Daphne. Daphne is as brown as a berry. I just go red like a Coca-Cola tin, and it's sickening. So I don't ever want to sit beside Daphne, and uh, because it just doesn't look. I look like I look like the coffee bean before it's roasted, and, and, and Daphne looks like the coffee bean when it's roasted. And Daphne wants to walk around the block once, and she comes back really dark, whereas the rest of us, well, but me anyway, I go really red. But so we sometimes see God is is is, is interested in everybody else, but not me. You know, and, 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 uh, and we, we keep praying and we keep praying because we're not quite sure God is listening. Because we know that God is a great God. We know that he has done so much and, and God loves us all. But sometimes we feel God's a wee bit indifferent to us. And maybe we say the reason because of that is because we are a wee bit indifferent towards him. We, we tend to think that God treats us the way that we treat him. And because we're indifferent to God, sometimes we feel that God is indifferent to us. That is never, never the case. We, of course, are indifferent to God, but he is never indifferent to us. Abraham is a great example of that. God gives him a promise when he's 75 years old. And it isn't until he's 100 years old, 25 years later. Those are 25 long years because, you see, when we got the promise of 75 that he's going to be a father and uh, he's going to have a son, it's 75, that's, that's a long stretch. But for God to give it when he's 75, he's thinking, that's bound to happen soon because I'm not getting any younger. And yet God waits 25 years to actually give him a son. And we could think, is God indifferent? And sometimes Abraham thought... Have you forgotten about it? Have you forgotten about me, God? Have you forgotten about the promise? And God reminds them. And one of the great things in the New Testament we're told that Abraham was seen as a friend of God. And so God sometimes delays, but it's never because God's indifferent towards us. The second reason why we think sometimes that God delays is God is busy doing other things. And, and again, that's very understandable. I mean, God is a very busy God. Not only did God make this world, 
But God sustains it. Every day is an opportunity for us to be blessed, only because God has given us another day. We would not be able to take another breath if it wasn't for God sustaining us and sustaining this world and sustaining this universe. God is a very, very busy God, and and, and sometimes we are very busy people, and because we're very busy people, what we tend to do, if you're like me, is we forget about God, and we forget about our family. We forget about the important things because we're busy doing other things. There's so much things that we're doing sometimes that we forget. We forget to treat our families well or, or, or to spend time with our families, and we forget to spend time with God because we're so preoccupied with other things and sometimes I, I'm thinking about things and uh, one of my children will speak to me and I don't hear them. And the rain will say, you're not listening. And then I say, oh, I am listening. And then, of course, that's a stupid thing to say because then she says, what did he say? <laughs> and, and then I'm stuck. And, and I thought, sometimes I said, well, my argument is with Stephen because uh, it's usually Stephen that I don't listen to. And... and, and, and and she will say, but, but I'm just saying, I said, but Lorraine, you shouldn't really enter into this argument. And she says, well, I'm not arguing with you. And then that makes it worse all the more. And, and, and so we're sometimes so preoccupied that even when you're in the room with somebody, you, you, you actually don't recognize they're there. And it's not because you're ignoring them. It's not because they're not important to you. It's because you're preoccupied. We've all done that at times. And, 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 and maybe we do it too often at times. And so therefore, because we do it, we, we, we think that God does it. We think that God, and God is far, far busier than us. There's so much God is doing in the world. And, and, and when we read about things and, and pray about things in the world, we know that God is a great big God and, and the great things that he does. And there's people far more important than me and you. There's, there, there's things happening that are, are major events in the world. And yet we are, pray, we are praying about silly wee things that are important to us, but in the scheme of things, they're not that important. And so we tend to think that when we pray and God doesn't answer us, it's because God's busy doing other things. And again, that's absolute nonsense. Remember the story of Elijah? Elijah is uh, a prophet, and he's having a bit of a bother at the minute because uh, Ahaz and, and his wife Jezebel have decided not to follow God anymore. And, and they're following another God called Baal. And, uh, and therefore, they have lots of prophets of Baal around Israel. And God has said, look, I'm fed up with this. God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cause a drought. Because, you see, I'm asking people to worship me, and they're ignoring me. So I'm going to try and help them to understand who I am. And so for three or three and a half years, God causes a drought in the nation to cause the people to think, oh my goodness, what's happening? Now, drought was a very clever thing for God to do because Baal controlled the rain. It was Baal that brought the, the, the rain at the right time for the harvest. And so the fact that the rain stopped meant that Baal wasn't doing his job very well. And therefore, it was helping people recognize, wait a minute, maybe Baal's not as good as he says he was or as people say he is. And, and therefore, for about three and a half years, it stopped raining. And eventually, Elijah says, listen, let's have a competition. Let's, let's build two altars. And, and then when we build the altar, let's get a whole bull and we'll put it in the top of the altar. And so they had these two altars. And then Elijah said, tell you what, let's have a competition. Let's see which God is real. Let's see who is the true and living God. What we're going to do is 
you pray and you ask your God to consume the offering. And if he does, we'll worship your God. And then I'll ask our God, the living God, to consume the offering. And if he does, then you have to turn and worship the true and living God. And so there was 450 of them and only one we Elijah. And so they said, listen, that's dead easy. Let's go for it. And so they built the altars and put the fatted calf and, and the prophets of Baal had the first goal. And so they danced around and they sang and they prayed, asking Baal to come down and consume the altar. And nothing happened. And then they danced a bit more because they thought if you dance a lot, then, then God sees that you're busy and you're sincere. And, and so they started dancing around this altar and, and, and singing and, 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 and nothing happened. Then they thought, look, we need to really prove that we're sincere. So they started cutting themselves with knives to say, that we really do believe in you. Look, we're willing to, 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 to hurt ourselves, to prove to you how much we love you and how much we believe in you. Please come down. And while this was going on, then Elijah started to mock Baal. They said, maybe you need to sing about louder. Maybe you have to pray about louder because maybe Baal's a wee bit deaf. Maybe, maybe you have to shout louder for, for Baal to hear you. And then he said something that really is quite rude. And, and thankfully this is, I'll be preaching one more time and then the, conven- then, then the convenership almost finishes. So if you don't invite me back, then don't worry. But, the, it, but this, is, this, is, this is Elijah saying it, not Danny. He says, maybe he's preoccupied. Now, what actually that means is this. Maybe Baal is sitting in the toilet and he, and he doesn't hear you. Maybe he's pre-doing something. That, 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 that maybe, maybe you have to give him a real big shout so that he knows he needs to get up off the toilet to come down. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, come on, maybe get God's in the toilet. Give him a big shout and see if he'll come off the toilet for you. And they're dancing and they're going crazy and absolutely nothing happens. And then, and it's gone on for hours, and nothing happens. And then Elijah says, I'm telling you what I want you to do. I want you to get 12 barrels of water. Now, that was odd to start with. And the reason it was odd was the water now is very, very valuable. For three and a half years, there's been a drought. And so every inch or every, every a quart of, of, of water is really important and really valuable. But he says, I want you to get the water and I want you to douse the altar that we give to Yahweh, to the true and living God. And so they thought, listen, ours didn't work. We need to make sure his doesn't. And so they get the water and it's soaking wet, absolutely soaking wet. And, uh, and then they stand back and it tells us that Elijah prayed. And God sent a fire from heaven and it consumed the bull and it consumed all of the wood and it soaked up all of the water. And the, four, the 450 prophets were slain because they didn't trust the true and living God. Why am I telling that story? I'm telling that story because God is not like Baal. God is not preoccupied, and God's a very busy God. God is doing a lot more than Baal ever did or Baal ever did because he didn't exist, so he did nothing. And our God is a great big God, and he does great big things. But he's never, ever, ever preoccupied or too preoccupied to help you and help me. 
There is never a time when you pray that God doesn't hear you. Never a time when you pray God does not hear you. So he doesn't delay because he's indifferent towards you. He doesn't, he doesn't delay because he's busy doing other things. No, at the right time, God answers your prayers. At the right time. And what that means is this. As you're praying and you're thinking, why is God not answering? Or why does he not answer what I want? It was all right for Danny praying that the sun will shine and the midges will, be out, will not be out in Loch Lomond on Thursday afternoon as he performed the wedding. That's dead easy and that was lovely. And Danny's prayers were answered. But at that very same time, the consultant was coming up to my friend and saying, I'm sorry, but your wife's not going to do. Why, why is that? Why, why, why is some people, when they pray, great things happen, and other people pray, God seems to delay, but even at times, God doesn't seem to answer at all in the sense that our, our loved one dies, or, or, or we get bad news about maybe our job, or, or maybe about tests, or whatever it might be, and we think, why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, Jesus wants to remind us, God wants to remind us, that he always wants the very best for us. And sometimes he delays because he wants to strengthen our faith. He wants us to trust him, recognizing that it's not what you see that's important, it's who you are. And he wants you to know that he leads and he guides and he has the very best in mind. I was just saying to someone before the service, you know, when I get to heaven, because there's lots of times I've prayed and, and prayed for really important things, and, and God hasn't answered the way that I would have expected him to answer. And some really sad things have happened because of that. And I was saying to someone there in church this morning that when I get to heaven, I'm, I've got lots of questions to ask Jesus. What about this? And what about that? And what about that? Now, probably when I get there and I see him face to face, I'll probably have that sense of understanding. But at this side of heaven, there's, there's lots of things I'm thinking. I didn't understand why God did that. I couldn't understand why he didn't answer. Because that would have been a great thing if God had done this. And, and that would have been wonderful if that didn't happen. And, and, and I really wanted the best for them. Or I wanted the best for myself. And I really wanted the best from God. But that didn't work out that way. That's not what I would have wanted. And what God is saying to us. It's not because he's indifferent. It's not because he's busy doing other things. And therefore he let you slip. It's because he has the very best in mind for you. And what he wants you and I to do more than anything at this time is to trust him that the way that he's doing it is the very best way. Remember Peter? Peter is always the one who always speaks out first and he sees Jesus walking on the water and he says really to Jesus, can I do that too? See what you're doing, I want to do that too. Can I walk in the water? And Jesus says, hey, come on. And so he gets out the boat and he's walking on the water and it's a bit of a storm and he's walking, he's doing really well. And it tells us that Peter then sat looking around thinking, wait a minute, this is a storm. And wait a minute, this is water. And when he started recognizing that it was water and a storm, it tells us that Peter began to sink. And when Peter began to sink, the first thing he said was, help. And it tells us that Jesus put out his arm and he pulled him out of the water. 
Sometimes we keep our eyes on Jesus and things are great. Even though there's storms going on around us, even though it's water under our feet, things are great because we see Jesus so clearly. But sometimes if you're like me, I start looking at the waves and I start realizing that there's water under my feet and the water and the waves become far more important than Jesus. And when that happens... I tend to sink. Because water is not very good to stand on. And waves are very dangerous. Life is very, very difficult. It wasn't that whenever he started to walk on the waves and the the water that Jesus took him eventually straight to the land. That wasn't the case. He was still in the water and the waves were all around him. We are living in dangerous times. We're living in difficult times. We're living in a, a world that has fallen. We're living with fallen bodies. From the moment we started to breathe in this world, we were going to die one day. That's, that's what it is. That's what life's about. And therefore the secret is not to look so much at the waves and the water around us, but to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And he will always lead and guide us through. So never think, never think that God is like that judge Never think that we have to keep pestering God. When you pray, God hears you right away. And God wants the very best for you. And therefore, if he doesn't answer right away, and he probably won't, remember, he has the very best. And he wants to make sure that his glory is seen in you and that you are in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, again we come and we thank you for this parable. The parable that's designed to tell us one wee thing about you. There's so many things we could talk about when we think of you, but the parable tells us one wee thing. And that is, you always have our best. You hear us first time. We don't have to pester you and pester you because you hear us. Keep our eyes fixed on you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.